Hello and welcome Posituners. We are back with part two of my first episode, which is my mission story. So let's dive back in, shall we? If you remember, uh, I had just told my dad, the Mormon bishop, I can't go on a mission. Well, I can go. I'm worthy to go. I just can't right now. That was the important piece because at that time in my life, I honestly believed it was a right now thing, not ever, which is where things are as I sit here telling this story now. I still believe in that meeting with my dad that this was a technicality. I explained what I had been doing and how I had been preparing. To my surprise, my dad was uh, quote-unquote cool with it. He actually agreed with me that this was a big decision and I needed to know. My dad talked to me about other resources and options and also said I could come to him with my thoughts and questions too. I was incredibly grateful for this because I had never talked like this with my dad. I, I mean, I knew it was an option, um, and knowing that it continued to be an option uh, uh, and that I was not going to be chastised or reprimanded but helped along the journey was a relief. I didn't believe at any point thus far that this would be the beginning of my life journey. I didn't believe that uh, this journey was taking me out of the LDS church and onto an entirely different trajectory altogether. To be completely honest, if I had known all of this at that point in my life, I likely would not have done any of it. I likely would have just gone on a mission in order to not rock the boat. Split infinitive. Naively, I moved forward, and I'm proud to say this now. It was my naivete that made this journey possible, but also the openness I had been taught to have by my parents. I remember my dad saying, you're right, everyone needs to be converted, quote unquote, at some point. Even if you were born into the covenant, you either buy in or you figure out it's not for you. One way or another, uh, you buy in or you go through the motions. I thanked my dad with a hug as I was leaving, but I remember what happened next clearly. Do you want me to tell you, your mom, or would you rather I told her? Well, this was something I hadn't really thought about because I didn't figure on this outcome from the meeting. Will you please tell her? I asked. Talking about this once took really everything I could muster. Of course, son, I can talk to her. I'm proud of you. That's when I started to cry. I cried because I was overwhelmed with gratitude. This was not the way I expected this meeting to go, especially with my response. To hear my dad say he was proud of me for doing this, I had no words. The reaction from my mom was more along the lines of what I had expected. All that to say, I love my mom. At this time, however, I was working at my parents' office inside our home at this point in my life. So it was going to be a thing. I knew that already and I knew I wasn't, it wasn't going to be pretty. All this proved to be true, but I am going to skip over this part because it was a big deal. At the time, me saying I was not going on a mission was like a record scratch stop. That was terrible. But you know what I'm saying. Um, the record scratch there. Um, it was difficult for her. I remember her asking, why? 
because she couldn't understand. Why couldn't she understand? She didn't know what was going on and had gone on all those years inside me. I didn't share it because I didn't really know myself. Listen, I love my mom, but the thought of this conversation after just having it with my dad was not something I wanted to do. So I didn't say, if I didn't say it then, thank you, dad. My mom had a hard time with the idea of converting, even if you weren't a convert. To her, it was a no-brainer. It just was. She had quote-unquote converted as a child, but I never had. I was going through the motions. I was the person who was the best at everything. And this, until right now, back then right now, religion was something else to be the best in. And I wanted that. I wanted to be number one in school, my family, missionary week, deacon's quorum, lead of the play, the solo at the concert, you name it. I'd spent 18 years acting under the promise or assumption that it was all true. Never did I imagine the possibility that it was not true. I just remember thinking at that point, after 18 plus years, it would all work itself out. And indeed it did, but just not like I expected it to back then. After that evening with my dad, the bishop, I continued my quest for the truth. Really, it was just me moving forward in what I thought was that feeling of peace and knowledge and understanding that I, Aaron, was supposed to go on a mission. I was not looking for anything else at this point. The reason I digress with more narration here is to try and put you into the mindset I was in back then, but also to explain that this is another blurry area as far as the timeline goes for me. I know it was uh, all at this same relative time. I was going to BYU. I was following the honor code, paying tithing, going to church, studying, praying. It was at this time that I also expanded my quest for the knowledge and understanding and reached out to other people in my life, still within the LDS church, for help. I remember talking to my dad about the questions I had. See, the quest for peace did end up expanding because trying to find comfort with one small thing had caused me to recognize and acknowledge the pee that had been hiding under the Mormon mattress for so long. Now I knew about it and I could not ignore it. That pee had to be dealt with. So I kept digging. I kept talking to my dad. I remember one of my first fundamental questions about the church was around blacks and the priesthood. As an 18-year-old, and, and even before that, I could not understand why they had been excluded until, oh, the summer I was born in 1978. As I questioned my dad back then, why, why, in the big scheme of things, in eternity, did 150-ish years matter? Why, when it was going to happen, could it not be restored at the same time? Why was God's church not breaking ground by being not racist? The only answer I got was, I don't know. I remember my dad explaining that not everything has an answer in this life. Sometimes things are in our life, he said, to encourage us to have faith. This may be one of those things, he said. It may not make sense, but we don't abandon the whole because we can't understand one piece. 
For me, though, it was bigger than that. This one question was just one of many. I'm not going to get into them all here because, I mean, that would be a podcast in itself. But for me, these were not minor things. If God is constant and unchanging, this is his one true gospel. Why is it changing? Why was it not completely radical in its views because they were from now or a hundred years from now or sometime in the future for that matter? You know, radical for the 1800s. But it's not. Everything was based in the societal norms of Joseph Smith, which is why it took a revelation to give blacks the priesthood, even though just for example, like marriage equality, it was never actually explicitly forbidden. Practice made it doctrine. That is where many of my problems arise. Practice becoming doctrine and revelations undoing something else. Regardless of whether it was originally a revelation or not, regardless, why does one revelation undo another quote-unquote, mouth of God's revelation, a prophet's revelation. God didn't just have an oops revelation. Or if he did, well, he wouldn't be God. So how? Why? In any way, I digress on this. <clears throat> I can digress on this for hours. But the point was, instead of my questions getting answers, they just brought up more questions. I had found the untied end of the sweater, and the more I pulled, the more it unraveled. I expected a quick knot, and that did not come. In fact, it never came. What did come, however, was an answer in the form of a book, or periodical, or pamphlet. It was something small of testimonies. This came from asking my religion professor at BYU for assistance with my quote-unquote struggle. I was given a list of things to read in a goal of strengthening my own testimony and answer the questions I was having. I'm going to stop here for a second because this coming up is it. I just watched Jekyll and Hyde and this, this song is in my head, but it seems appropriate right now. This was the moment. It's cliche, but there are a few pivotal moments in my life, leaving for D.C., coming back home, getting divorced. This is one that I'm about to go into now, too. It stands out in my mind very strongly. Again, it's the folklore version at this point, but this was the moment. I had this list. I, I had been on this journey to going on a mission for months. I was at the library on the BYU campus. I had this booklet in my hand. I had been reading a few inspirational stories about conversions and testimonies. Not even necessarily about LDS people, just conversions. I was reading along one story, and, and I'm going to skip all the details out of respect here, but I remember the ceremonies and practices that she was doing and thinking to myself, what? is happening. How does this happen? What is going on? This is what you hear about. People get involved and before they know it, they're doing strange things they don't understand without explanation. And then this sentence. All this and more I experienced as a member of the LDS Church. Silence. That was it. That sentence has stayed with me 
all these years, in that moment, I knew nothing. That's how I felt. Honestly, the only way I can describe that moment is like the foundation of my life was ripped immediately from underneath me. And to add insult to injury, I had to fall 10 feet and have the wind knocked out of me at the same time. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I, I, I don't think I could think. Honestly, it felt like the world went silent. I remember that breaking with someone calling out to me and that's what brought me back into the present moment. Are you okay, dude? Someone asked for the, from the other, other end of the table. I honestly don't remember if it was a boy or a girl. I don't remember a lot about what immediately followed. Um, I have snippets uh, and then nothing. This is trauma. And I'm not trying to be funny or make light of it. I'm trying to, uh, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. For an 18-year-old in my position at that time, in a small town, in the late teen, late teen, late 1990s, it felt like my whole life was a lie. I have since seen many, many other people, not just Mormons, go through this exact same trauma and trying to reconcile it can be unbearable. This podcast will hear many of these stories like this, I'm certain. The good news is, this turns much lighter, but it did get darker. I did not know what to do. Yeah, I managed to muster as I turned my head. Should I call someone? You're completely white. No, no, thank you. Uh, I'm fine, thanks. I swept all of my belongings from the table into my backpack and scurried into the bathroom, which was really not far behind from where I had been sitting. I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize the face staring back at me. This was twofold. I was white as a ghost and I literally didn't know who that person in the mirror was anymore. Everything I was was wrapped up and entangled in Mormonism. If not that, what? I splashed water on my face and went into a stall to sit down. What do I believe in? 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 I repeated to myself in my head inside the BYU bathroom stall. Do I believe in the church? I don't know. Probably not. Do I believe in Joseph Smith? <laughs> Honestly, probably not. The inconsistencies begin with him. Do I believe in Jesus? Yes. Okay, good. We got Jesus. Do I believe in God? Yes. Okay. I believe in God. We've got God and Jesus. That is something to start with, at least. At least I wasn't starting from scratch. Little caveat, it's not where I am now, but this is the moment that got me here. I left the bathroom after that and I didn't cry. I didn't anything. Again, everything's a little foggy here. I know I went home to my apartment after this, but I don't remember anything else. I just remember today, right now, this was the moment. I have said before and probably will say here a multiple multitude of times, we are the sum of our actions, choices, and, deci and decisions. Everything we have done has led us to where we are right now today. Any one change could disrupt everything. It's the butterfly wing flapping theory. Look it up if you need to. But this was a truly pivotal moment in my life. As I was reading that book in the library, 
as it was happening, I was thinking, these people in the book are crazy. I could not understand how people could get so caught up in something they didn't stop and say, wait, what? And this is dealing with the stuff I didn't include because it's quote unquote sacred. The problem is this was not 2023, where a quick internet search can bring up recorded realities of things happening. This was 1997, 98-ish, and email was still fairly new. The internet was something, yes, but not 2023 internet. This was something telling me about these crazy, quote-unquote, ceremonies in my religion for the first time in 18 years. I didn't know they were factual then, but I had, without a doubt, gotten the confirmation I had originally been seeking those several, several months ago. Yes, it opened more questions, but I had received the feeling I had been looking for, just not the way I thought it was going to come for what I thought it would come for. I knew what I had read was true because I had finally, finally had the feeling I had been waiting for my entire life. It's crazy that I didn't cry in the bathroom asking what do I believe and settling a few of those questions actually gave me peace. I had converted. Shit, wait, I had unconverted. This started a totally different journey. This started my journey of truth, I guess. It, it, it was when I began asking open-minded questions. I started searching, pondering, and praying not to go on a mission or confirmation of the Mormon church, but what is the truth about religion and organizations in general? I remember saying back then, God may be perfect if there is one, caveat for now, but whenever humans get involved, we screw it all up. We have egos and pride and terrible memories, as I'm obviously proving here, but men specifically get involved. Yes, men, you, me, men, we mess shit up. I started searching the dial-up internet of the time for any truth I could find. I found discussion groups. I found mes message boards. Again, young ones, go look it all up. I remember printing out everything I could find. The problem was I was printing at school. School, remember, is BYU. The Mormon school. I'm searching all of this at the Mormon school, on the Mormon computers, using the Mormon network, resources, and printers to find out the truth. I started getting more and more bold, and to be honest, careless. I was printing so much, I began to get worried about leaving something around or another student or faculty to find it. I was paranoid. Then the unthinkable. Something didn't print. I can't remember for sure if, it, if this was the cause, but I remember abruptly stopping printing everything. And I started making my own notes on printouts and papers. Why? Something wouldn't print. I had to have that printout in my possession before I left that building. I knew what was on it. I don't remember now, but no one at BYU could even glance at that paper. And I was late for my appointment. I had to leave, but more important than that, I could face expulsion or an honor code violation if someone found it. 
I know now that this is highly unlikely. Most of the people working at the university at that time knew less than I did about computers and the internet. And to try to track down who did it back then, ugh, in any case, I was distraught at the time with the printing situation. I did end up recovering that document, but that was how printing ended. Printing ended, but the journey, the journey that has brought me here, it had just begun. That's it. That's my story. Obviously, that is not it. As I said, that was just the start. But it's important because it was the start. The reason I'm here doing this today, the reason, if not all things that have happened in my life since, are because of this moment. So join next time. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but the journey always continues. Be well. <laughs>